You're listening to the Hard Hedge, UVA's only independent basketball podcast hosted by two guys, one of whom happens to be a fake coach. Fake coach. Get up out your seat, you can have my drink, let me see you dance. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Pittman and Phony Bennett. When the sun falls, the sun falls, then the moon lights, the moon lights, might be a hell of a night. Go, 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 go. Welcome, Wahoo brethren, to a... Another edition of the Hard Hedge podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us tonight, and it is officially March. Uh, so it is that time of the year, ladies and gentlemen, and we have had a uh, tumultuous uh, ride the last couple weeks. And uh, here with me to kind of help break it all down and uh, get to the bottom of everything is my esteemed panel. I want to start with uh, my partner in crime, Phony Bennett. Phony, how you feeling, pal? I am, I'm in a very good place right now. We are heading into March, which, or we are in March, the the best basketball time of the year. The team has given us reason to be optimistic, reason to be more hopeful than we were a couple games ago. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation with you guys tonight, because I know we text a little bit, but I, I really want to hear what you guys have to say about not only what happened to, to kind of go wrong, uh, but how they, they seem to have, have fixed uh, some elements of it, at least. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to be here talking to him. Also with us is uh, at University Ball, Charlie Saltwasser. Charlie, how things been going for you? Going great. Um, it turns out NC State is a, can be a cure for a lot of what ails you. Um, but it's I'm looking forward to chopping it up and talking it through with you guys and seeing how far we think this team can really go. And last but not least, uh, he is at Embrace Pace UVA, Daniel O'Neill. Daniel, what's up? I'm actually doing a lot better, uh, feeling a lot better now than it was probably about a week ago. Um, in the words of uh, the great John Rothstein, this is March. We'll probably see him tweet that about 50 more times uh, in the next two days. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's a, the best time of the year. I'm, I'm excited. Well, let's, let's uh, you know, dive right into kind of the four games that were and... Uh, that extremely uncomfortable uh, feeling that that we were all experienced then there and something that we weren't uh, exactly used to uh, being fans of this basketball program the last few years. And Daniel, I'll just kick it right back to you. Um, just try to wrap your head around it as best you can on on what exactly you know went wrong. Obviously, offensively we were struggling, but let's see if we can kind of nail it down for fans a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know uh, in terms of like what exactly happened, but I think that when we got through the the four specific games there, I mean, I wasn't really didn't really think it was too big of a deal initially. Uh, I mean, the Tech game was a really tough loss. Uh, going into that that specific game, I, I knew it was going to be tough. Just any game there in Blacksburg is always difficult, but um, just throw in the fact that they were desperate for a win. Um, not only just against their their rivals, but also uh, for their tournament homes, they really needed something to boost their resume. Um, it was just going to be tough, and uh, I thought we played pretty decently overall, just, um, with the exception of a few few bad stretches. But um, um, yeah, it was disappointing, but I, I didn't think any different about the team. Uh, I think I think I really started getting a little more down on everything um after the duke game i thought that one was just really that seemed like a typical game we're just gonna go at home really get our mojo back and and beat a team like that and we really 
Uh, we really didn't. We played pretty well defensively, but just looked kind of really lackluster offensively. And that was kind of the, the theme in that four-game skid was was the offense kind of uh, lost lost what it had been doing well. Um, I mean, that was pretty much jump shooting. Um, I think all of us realized that this team specifically really relied on a lot of timely jump shooting and um, maybe in hindsight foolishly thought that that was sustainable, although um, I still think that we can be a good jump shooting team and we've definitely shown that recently. But I don't know, it was really a wake-up call and, and made you realize just how good it's been the past couple of years and that it's that's not normal to barely ever lose two games in a row and not three games in a row ever. Um, but that fourth one is just... Like man, especially with a 20, 20 plus point loss at Carolina, looking the way we did, um, it was unsettling. But I knew that we weren't going to throw in the towel, and I'm sure we'll talk about uh, the positives in a bit. But it was definitely it was tough to deal with, and and I think one of the hardest parts of it was that I, I feel like the all of the Virginia haters out there were just waiting for a moment like this to pounce. Uh, and we gave it to them, but uh, I think we're uh, we're back in the upswing now, and hopefully we don't have to deal with this too much going forward. Yeah, Charlie, what did you see that kind of stood out to you? Um, well, all season long we've been dealing with like basically the loss of Austin Nichols, like not having the kind of the guy playing the blocker role that can turn off the catch, face the basket, and present an offensive threat, and not really like. Lacking somebody that you can really go to on the inside really takes away a dim- like basically an entire dimension of the offense. You can you can crowd those shooters, you can come out and basically kind of push the entire offense a little bit up the floor. And I mean, with without that, we were, I mean, like Daniel said, we were we turned into basically a jump shooting team. We were taking a lot of long twos, which are not the best shot in the game, even when you're hitting them. And I mean, eventually that one dimension ran out on us for a little bit. And in addition to that, we were, it felt like over the course of these last few games, we really, we were really leaning on London a lot. Like, I mean, he took 22 shots against Virginia tech and kind of took the ball on his own a few times against Duke. And I mean, obviously he's, he's the senior, he's the leader, he's, acclaimed as the best player on the team but i still think he's best when at least like a couple other guys are looking for their shots first and are maybe the primary option and he's he's got freedom like he doesn't have that pressure to be our leading scorer on him and he could just seek the best basketball play be able to look for somebody else or a shot for himself and i think like maybe the pressure of the other guys starting to miss got to him and I mean, he was just taking some shots he doesn't usually take and played a little bit of inefficient ball during that run. It even it took that life form there for a little while where, you know, guys were passing up good shots, almost like they didn't want to be the next one to miss one. Phony, what kind of stood out? you know, as a determining factor for you in those losses. Well, it's, it's funny, Dan and Charlie both mentioned us, you know, not wanting to be a jump shooting team. And I've felt like this whole season, we've been searching for an identity for this squad. It just didn't seem to have that, that defining factor. And, and we all, we, we want it to be, you know, London's team. And, and I think a lot of us wanted London to play a role that, that, you know, maybe that that's not his, his best fit. And, and like Charlie just said, I think he's, he's finding that role, but, Back to the jump shooting thing, I think without that inside score, without that back to the basket guy, 
our identity moving forward is going to have to be that. And I think we're seeing more of an acceptance of that and maybe playing to that strength. I mean, the shooting, I mean, our shooting percentage of these last couple of games, the wins, it hasn't been great. I Actually, I don't know. What was it against NC State? It was decent, right? It was all right, but you're right. Neither game was. 32% against UNC. And I mean, if you're, you know, four turnovers, I mean, that's the only way you're going to beat anyone shooting 32% is if you can limit turnovers. But they, it was a lot of jump shots in, in that game. And, and of course, Kyle Guy, um, five of seven from three, I think. And, and London hit, hit a bunch of threes down the stretch. Those that that's what we have to be, and I think our offense has to be more geared toward getting those looks. Uh, Zay had you know a lot of those beautiful mid range jumpers that that are really reminiscent of Mike Scott. You know we're we're just not going to battle in the post. I I think we've got to go inside out sometimes just to keep teams honest. But that's that's not where we're going to win games. We're going to win games with defense, which has remained pretty consistent, and and then with with our shooters and. If, if we can keep doing that and, and just kind of accept that, okay, that's what this team has to be this year, I, I think we can continue to find success moving forward. Yeah, well, Phony, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head right then when you said at least you got to do it sometimes to keep the def- the defenses honest. And I, you know, I don't, I still see guys, you know, Isaiah Wilkins and even Jack Salt getting good position down on the low block. Um, and, and I just think you gotta occasionally give them the ball down there, man. Even yeah. if, even if it's not the best situation, look, Jack Salt had some really nice post moves in that blue white scrimmage. Uh, and he's hasn't quite exactly got the confidence to kind of put them together and finish well in games yet. But you know, what would you rather see Jack Salt taking a hook shot and drawing some contact or Darius Thompson, jacking up a three with one second left on the shot clock. I mean, occasionally, just for the stretching out the defense, drawing some bodies away from the perimeter, you got to at least get some touches down there. And Isaiah Wilkins, I, in my estimation, is what? Maybe, you know, I know that's not a t- traditional back-to-the-basket guy, but he's, what, five of seven, maybe, when he's actually gotten the ball one-on-one in a back-to-the-basket situation of at least getting fouled or making a basket? I mean, I, I, it bothers me that we just it abandon it. You can say, look, the personnel isn't great at it, and it's not a strength of this team. But that doesn't mean that you just abandon it altogether. They can still get a better look or a chance to earn a, a free throw trip than, you know, just letting the shot clock salt down to two and running your motion over and over again and nothing coming out of it. Oh, yeah, even if you're just looking for a jump shot. I mean, you, you know, you get it down inside and you're going to draw somebody. Somebody's going to get a little bit more open than they were. I just, I feel for Jack because, I mean, I know we don't really, we don't want him taking up eight, ten possessions a game with post moves because we can't afford to have him take that many free throws. But, I mean, he just, he works his ass off to attain possession on the low block. Like, and he's just, he's never rewarded for it. It's like the guards, they see, they, they look and they're like, nah, not that. <laughs> and swing it back to the top of the key. There was um, one possession, uh, and it was in the North Carolina game, which I realized we won, but the trip down the floor before, Zay had just pulled that kind of double move where he he tried to sell the foul, but he made the bucket, got a super clean, easy look. Uh, The next trip down, the ball went to the same exact spot, and London had Zay one-on-one on on the block against the same defender, 
no one else near him. It and instead of giving Zay the ball right there, which would have been a great opportunity for him to score or get to the line, London went off the dribble, went in, two guys came over, and three people contested his shot. It's just I I understand it's never gonna be a strength of the team. Uh but I feel like you can't just be that one-dimensional anyways. It's still a facet of the game that you have to try to utilize just to create the spacing that you need for your offense to operate. Um, But, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. Real quick, what are your thoughts on, you know, obviously Tony had had said that he really wanted to to stick with the veterans um, through some of those struggles. You know, we in our text group, you know, uh, we were kind of yelling for for more minutes for the young guys in those situations. What did y'all kind of think about the personnel decisions uh, during that stretch? And Daniel, I'll start with you. During the the uh, losing streak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I was was certainly critical uh, of certain decisions. Um, I think. I don't really necessarily blame Tony for anything just because this is a very different team than what he's seen in a long time. And to a certain extent, the wealth of options can, while it's great to have as many options, it, it makes things harder on a coach because he'll be questioned more because if you have a, like go, going back to our uh, like 2011, 2012 team going to the tournament, we like had six and a half guys with Joe Harris of the broken broken hand like there wasn't anything else he could do like that was the lineup if it worked it worked if it didn't it didn't whereas now with a pretty legitimately 10 deep lineup there are many options and so we're gonna second guess and question when certain ones aren't working but i do think that there were certain things that tony was a little stubborn on um i think some of it was just partially not willing to really change up the starting lineup both in terms of what he started the game with, and then the whole you got to start the second half with the same five you started the first half. I never really understood that, but um, he has been willing to adapt more recently, which uh, I think is paying off. Um, I think that I've been pretty disappointed with some of the, the veterans' play, um, especially in the backcourt with guys like Mary Allen and I guess Darius. Well, I guess we can call him a veteran. He's a veteran of college basketball, even though it's only his second year playing for us. But um, I think those guys just really haven't executed as well as they have in the past, and um, I think we might have might have gave them a little more slack than I think we we probably should have. But um, I definitely know why. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that we needed to change and adapt, and we've we've started to do that, and our, our staff has done that, and I think we're uh, we're seeing the benefits of it. But again, I mean, while I might seem on Twitter critical of Tony at times, it's never really. Uh, it's it's more of just specific decisions in the moment and things like that. Um, I, I think the bigger ones that bother me more, or I think the in the posts because there is because there is no clear option. I've just always wanted to play Mamdi more and more because the the upside is there and he just seems to do more things in general. If if, if there's not going to be a clear go-to guy down low, I feel like why not play him more? Um, and I think we've seen that for sure lately. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we're starting to really find our rotation now and it, it has to do with 
the team we need to be to be successful. And a lot of that has to do with we need guys that can actually hit shots and create their own offense, especially with we were pretty limited in, in terms of developing sets to get uh, shots near the rim. So we need, we need as many playmakers in there, which is why we'll see a lot of, of Kyle and Ty um, much more than we did in the beginning half of the year. But um, I think we're settling in now. But, uh, I mean, it, it definitely was a big reason why we had such a skid as we were still feeling out our personnel as we got into the, the meat of our schedules. We have a lot of good players, but we played some really damn good teams there and uh, during that stretch. And, and not having a really set lineup got exposed at that, at that point. So I think we're starting to finally feel out our, our lineup now. But, uh, I mean, it still is kind of a work in progress, but I, I feel a lot better about it now than I did a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, uh, I was I was, you know, screaming for a youth movement there uh before it came um just i just would watch i i just didn't understand how you could have a guy like kyle guy who has that just immediate ability to give you instant offense and give him two minutes um you know i know he had struggled a little bit coming into that stretch of games but the way that kid his just his style of play and and his kind of moxie and mojo um, it's, it's not ever going to be one that, that, you know, I think is ever going to be, uh, you know, cut off for a long period of time. And, um, you know, I was, I was just really ready for, for him to get more minutes and that happened in the NC state game. And Charlie, let's start there. Um, what kind of, obviously other than NC state being NC state and just, uh, you know, being a, probably the easiest team in the league to get jump shots on. Um, you know, what kind of turned the tides for us in that one? Um, I mean, I think the role that, I mean, we've just been talking about him, but the role that Kyle played was obviously very significant for us because similarly to how we saw Joe Harris just constantly move, run guys off picks, just keep the defense out of position and on their toes just by virtue of how he's always like running baseline, running off curls, like having a, having somebody who is constantly working to get open and is always a threat to score kind of means that three guys, four guys on the opposing defense always need, always need to know where he is. And so, I mean, he just, he got off to such a start that I feel like it opened up, it opened up the floor for everybody. And then, I mean, once we saw him hit a couple of shots early, then it, the lane opened up for guys like Devin, who, I mean, played probably one of his best games in a Virginia uniform in that game to go to the rim. And I mean, with those guys excelling, like I was saying, it took a lot of the pressure off of London who had, I mean, I think a season high for assists in that game. And I mean, the offense just moved a lot better with a shooter drawing attention. And I think that's something that Kyle gives us. And I mean, that's something that, I mean, even Ty gives us, you can't, you can't step off of him. I thought the starting with four guards was maybe a move of, um, a move of necessity in that game thanks to Isaiah being sick but I think it worked out really well for us yeah you know the questioning the lineups and and the personnel it's probably the easiest thing for a college basketball fan to do when you know when it comes to coaching if if what's on the floor isn't working uh you want to see other people so I I try to be cognizant of that with some of the criticisms I have of uh, okay these guys aren't aren't working like I'm, I'm tired of seeing Mario shoot these nine and a half 19 and a half footers and you know put in the young guys but one thing that was pretty consistent for me was wanting um 
you know, not understanding why Mamadi wasn't coming in ahead of Reuter. Um, you know, I really thought the positives for him far outweigh the negatives and so on. So I'm happy to see, you know, it, him come in. But I got to say against UNC, that starting lineup and, and you know, like you said, it might have been necessity, but like I, I would have never guessed that. And it was funny because I'm checking the message boards the day of the UNC game and, and people are like, well, do you know, do you think Kyle Guy will finally start again? And everyone's like, no, no, he's way too small. This, you know, he may start for us, but it's not going to be against UNC. And instead, uh, that's what Tony does. And I, I thought, you know, by necessity or not, it, it was, um, I mean, it was, it was fascinating. It, it, it allowed us to use our speed against him and um, uh, defensively it worked really well. Um, offensively, you know, we, we missed a lot of shots, but, uh, I, I really like the, the young guys getting the playing time now and, and they're making the most of it. I think a lot of times Tony has a real quick hook on those young guys, especially when they make mistakes and, and they end up paying for it that game and the next game and the game after that. And, um, you know, I'd like to see them get a little bit more freedom and, and hopefully, you know, whether, whether it's by uh, design or, or, or necessity, uh, that's what we're going to see. Well, I think Tony is used to riding these veteran-laden teams. Like, I mean, Joe and Akil were seniors on the team that won the ACC tournament. And then, I mean, Malcolm was a, a third year and Darion was a senior. And um, and then, obviously, last year you had Malcolm and AG and Toby. And he's just not used to having young guys that might be as ready as some of these kids on our team now are or at least combining the level of readiness with the level of talent there's like some balancing act in there that i think he's starting to see and i don't know it's kind of refreshing to see a coach that gets as set in his ways as tony somehow does start to bend to young talent even if it even if they are a little more likely to make a mistake sometimes yeah, well, uh, Phony, I'm going to kick it right back to you on the uh, on the UNC game since you brought it up. Um, you know, we, we didn't shoot that well from the floor. We just had one guy shooting extremely well, and we had our leader back hitting the timely shots. Uh, but obviously, you know, the defensive energy and, and the defensive performance of that game was just kind of mind-blowing. Uh, talk a little bit about how you felt watching that game and kind of what stood out to you uh, as we finally kind of let the crowd get involved for what I felt was the first time this season and pulled out a big one. Yeah, well, let's let's start with the crowd because I've, I've, I think we've all been to a few games uh, at JPJ this year, and I've certainly felt like it, it just it hasn't had the energy. The games I've been at when we've been kind of in trouble, like when the game's on the ropes, the, the crowd gets quiet. And, and that's, when, that's when the team needs a crowd, right? That's the whole point of home court. And so I, I thought it was important and, and it worked out well against UNC that after they got off to that 7-0 run that boom, they tied it back up and, and the crowd got into it and I think was there uh, for the rest of the game. And the defensive effort was there the entire game. I think Jackson was uh, talking after the game, you know, about how London, you know, was on his hip the entire time. Like, you know, the, we, we weren't, letting these bigger guys bully us around and said we were staying a step ahead of them and, and preventing them from driving and, you know, really limiting a lot of the open looks that they were getting. So uh, the post trap uh, led to a bunch of turnovers. I think, you know, that UNC surprisingly didn't, didn't seem prepared for it. They don't seem to have the big to big passing that uh, they did last year with what's his name? Bryce Johnson. Thank you. You know, we were able to take advantage of that, but I think th this is an example of, of a team who you know came close to getting humiliated at UNC. I mean, that that was an absolute beatdown, and 
they came back with the resolve and, and the coaches came back with a, a game plan uh, to win. And, and really, that should have been a blowout. If we could have shot reasonably well, um, you know, shoot 45%, I mean, it, it would have been a laugher. So, the you know, instead, they, they did it by shooting 32% and holding UNC to half their season average, uh, which is pretty amazing. So, I, I just... Uh, can't say enough uh, about the defensive effort, and and if that's the kind of defense that we can have against a team like UNC, who I I think UNC is a Final Four team. I mean, you know, it's not to say they won't get tripped up, but I think they've got all the pieces, and they're a very well-rounded squad. So yeah, I have tremendous re- respect for them, which which is why I'm so impressed with um, what our guys did on the defensive end. And if we can carry that defense into the postseason, there's really no one we can't beat. I mean, if you can beat UNC shooting 32 percent. Uh, because of your defense, uh, I think you can beat anyone. Yeah, I think what's was- interesting about it is the fact that we uh, turned in what, in my opinion, was one of the more memorable uh, defensive performances in recent memory, and we did so with Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome uh, playing a ton of minutes who were supposed to be the big uh, you know, defensive liabilities. Yeah, and I think Kyle, uh, is this correct, led us in defensive rebounds that game? He did. He was. He had six. And he was really, I mean, he did it. He was really throwing his, I mean, he was boxing out. It wasn't just like when a guard runs down a miss three, he was, he was mixing it up at 165. It was impressive. Right. Yeah. He wasn't just getting the, the, the wild bounces. There was one big rebound he had in the second half where, yeah, I mean, he, he's like screening off two guys to, to get the board. And, and, you know, he took a lot of heat early in the season for his defense. And I mean, I think he's, he's listened to the criticism and, and more importantly, he's listened to the coaches and uh, just does not seem to be making the same mistakes that he was. And uh, a really impressive game um, from him and Ty. Daniel, yeah, what think, did you take away from that UNC game? Uh, I think you guys really hit on a lot of what I was going to say. Um, the biggest like real specific takeaway was, so, I, I mean, I, I'd recognize that we are playing well defensively, especially lately, even during our slump. But until really after that Carolina game, I, I hadn't really paid as, hadn't been paying as close attention to, to the different Ken Palm rankings and everything like that. I really had no idea that this team was number one in the country in defensive efficiency. And that's really like saying something when the teams that, like even the teams the past couple years which I would have thought just maybe maybe I've been wrong the whole time, but I would have thought like oh those are those are better defensive teams than this year. This team is really really like a transition defensive year. This team is number one in the country in defensive efficiency. That's that's kind of crazy, and that that really showed against Carolina. I mean that was that's a historic defensive performance. That holding that team to to that number, uh, and that's that's a good that's the one team that uh, I really don't want to play this year, and I don't want to play them again and in Brooklyn and because they're really a matchup nightmare uh, for us and really for everyone because they they can have they have an answer for for pretty much every every type of team and on both ends of the floor that's a good defensive team too um, that's just a really damn good win I, I can't think of many better regular season wins the past couple of years that's, that's that that's up there with with any of them and frankly in program history too I think just the importance of that and how much we needed uh, a big win at that time to really turn things around. It was, it was, I was very, very happy after that one. Um, I think the past couple of years we've sort of taken for granted. I know earlier in the season we'd be the top five Louisville team. Now, granted they were 
not at full strength and everything, but uh, it was still a top five opponent. We, we blew him out. I think everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. It's, that's what we expected to do. And that's kind of we've we've become accustomed to that. And I think this recent uh, losing streak and just sort of the, the funk we were in caused us to really appreciate wins like this because they're, they're not gimmies at all. And we, we fought for that once. It's nice to be able to win a game like that and win it by 10, shooting as poorly as we did, um, at least from the uh, inside the arc. Uh, I know we, we did pretty well outside the arc, but um, it's it's nice to see us win that way because as we get into March, uh, it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to grind out wins like that even if we don't have our best. Um, a lot of different people contributed. A lot of pe- different people made plays. We made some big clutch plays some big clutch shots even uh, it wasn't like we were sort of in front the entire game and sort of coasted to victory or, or squeaked one out it was uh we would have a run they would respond with their own run we would respond with our own run and uh we sort of had an answer for all of their uh their punches back so uh it, it's just a, a nice win to see going into this stretch of the year um and just really makes me me feel a lot better about where we stand uh, overall uh, in basically every aspect of the game in terms of coaching, defense, offense, or lineup management, everything like that. Um, just basically what what we need to see at this point in the season. Well, let's let's play uh, a little game here, and I'll let everybody chime in. I'll start with you, Charlie. Uh, this this team can still be special if what happens. You start. Oh, man. This team can still be special if they find a way to shoot 40% on twos in a game again. I've gotten to be kind of worried in our inability to finish, even as even as things have picked up everywhere else. I mean, we're, we're, we're hitting the, we've hit over half of our threes against North Carolina and NC State, but the, the finishing inside the arc has sort of taken a dive, and I just don't feel like... I mean, it's great that Kyle has hit 10 threes over the last two games, but I just I want us to find something a little more sustainable offensively because I don't think we're going to be hitting half our threes for the rest of the season. If we can find if we can find that sweet spot on offense and combine it with the defense we've managed to keep with us all season, I think this team can still be special. Daniel? Yeah, I'm gonna not not definitely not disagree, but almost uh, take sort of the opposite of that perspective and say I think we need we're gonna hit threes and we're gonna be special. Uh, <laughs> I was actually listening to an interview with Jay Wright last night, um, and it was interesting to hear him talk about his past. I think it was three teams, um, and Villanova, especially this past sort of I guess for a couple of recruiting classes with them that are about to graduate. Um, They've been very three-heavy. Uh, they've been a very three-heavy program under him and everything. Um, and I think last year and this year are their two most balanced teams. They have a little bit more scoring inside now and a little bit more uh, can beat you in a number of different ways. But still, they're a very three-dominant offense. Um, and that's the hearing him talk about that, it was, it was by intention. And he talked about how when you go on the road during the season or if you're in a tough game, like you, a lot of a lot of interior play really depends on how the game is officiated, and I, and I think especially with this year's team, um, 
for whatever reason, we're just we're just not getting. We can't we can't rely on on a game to be officiated a certain way with this year's team. We're not. We don't have a guy like Malcolm. We don't have a guy like Ag that can just get you fouls and uh, really dictate how the game is called in the interior, um, which those two guys did. Uh, and because of that, um, if we we have three players and in, in uh, Guy Jerome and, and Perantes that can really just stroke it from deep, and especially when they're on the floor together, if two of them, any combination of them, are on together. It's a unique, uh, it's a unique group out there that I think can really scare other teams. Um, you see, you always see teams make deep runs with with shooting. Combine that with our defense, and I really like our. Um, I think that's that's our path to really going on a run here. Is is not necessarily get hot. I just think we have some good shooters. Just get them the right shots that we've been getting them. Uh, have them continue to to play confidently because I think that. Uh, they're they're good shooters. They're great shooters. Um, the only the only reason they'd really slump is really uh, for lack of confidence, because especially with the two young guys. But um, and even with man, even with London slump recently, that was that was not pretty to watch. But hopefully he's out of that. But I really think that the team that I'm starting to see in terms of uh, how I think they'll go about it, I think um, not a three and D team for sure. But I think they're gonna. It's gonna be about getting quality looks from deep, um, taking the right ones, uh, having having the right guys in rhythm and everything like that, and, and combine that with a defense that's really firing all cylinders. Um, I think that's a really good path to success. Obviously, if we can get anything inside, that's that's great. And I think we still need to to really keep teams honest in there. I think we. While our personnel isn't great, it still is capable, uh, especially with Isaiah in certain situations. So, um, but I still think that I, I can't see any any path towards success with us not hitting timely threes. I think that's going to be very very crucial to to our path going forwards. Phony, this team is still has a chance to be special if the freshmen continue to learn defense. Hey, I think that, as we've seen, the only way they're they're going to get time on the floor is if they're playing reasonable defense and they've been improving and, and our defense has been so, so good. Uh, I mean, certainly against UNC. So if these guys can keep playing good defense, first of all, it puts us in a position to win, even if we're not shooting well, but I think uh, Ty and, and Kyle, uh, especially in the, and then Momity give us offensive threats that um, uh, we, we just don't have a, um, you know, I, I like, uh, Ty's court vision. I mean, I don't know that anyone on the court has better court vision than he does. Kyle uh, can can catch and shoot so quickly. It's it's not quite Curtis Staples quick, but it's he can get that ball off uh, quick coming off those screens. And so those guys need to be on on the floor, and they're only going to be on the floor if they're playing good defense. But I think if they're out there doing that, uh, then the points uh, are going to come on the other end, and, and we're going to keep winning games. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I I I, I said on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that. You know, I, I think the ceiling for this team remains very high, um, but the floor can fall out from under us at any time. And, and that that's still the case. These last two games I don't really change that because you, you look at our shooting and, you know, how poorly they've been finishing at the rim and, and you know, offensive struggles in general. Um, you know, that, that could come back and haunt us. But if that defense is there and we, and we got these young guys um, putting up shots, you know, I'll, I'll take our chances against anybody. Yeah, real quick, the one advantage I'll, I'll say that uh, Kyle Guy has over Curtis Staples is 
Staples still needed to be set, man. He was a set shooter where Kyle Guy, his body can be turning in all kinds of directions, and he does a great job getting squared up. And that's one advantage he has over Curtis, who is my favorite UVA basketball player of all time. So it's not easy for me to say. But I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction, and I'm going to say that I'm going to put the weight on London Perantis, but I'm going to put it on him in a different way, and that is to let the game continue to kind of come to him like it did in the NC State game. I thought that was the best game he played all season. He was one of the he scored 16 points, but it was like a quiet 16 points because he he didn't force any offense at all. He took the shots that came to him. He was three for three at the free throw line, six of ten field goals, had ten assists, which was the only time he said double figure assists uh, this season. And it was to me if London can realize well I'm sure he does realize but if he can kind of settle in and understand now I can be a little bit more of a facilitator I've got guys like Guy and Jerome that are young and dumb enough to know that the the moment isn't too big for them they're hitting good shots Isaiah Wilkins can be an offensive threat Devin Hall has become a nice ancillary scorer instead of you know obviously we want him taking big shots we want him taking big threes but go back to being a little bit more of a facilitator down the stretch here. Play like you did in that NC State game, London. And this team is is going to be at a different level offensively. I have no concerns about us defensively. I Rebounding, I have been so impressed with this team, which I, I thought was going to be a, such a weakness and a physically disadvantaged uh, against most league op- opponents in that in that category and they're still um, you know uh, competing extremely hard so um, you know that that's my that that's my we can still be special if um, London kind of um, you know plays within himself and lets it come to him um, and and plays like he did in that NC State game so I guess I guess guys let's kind of just touch on you know, uh, I don't know if y'all want to touch on the pit game that's coming up or uh, less at least maybe um, I don't think we're going to record again before senior night. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about London Perantis um, and kind of give him a little senior moment, uh, you know, talk about what he's meant uh, for this program? Charlie, I'll start with you. Um, there was a great moment on Tony Bennett's coach's show the other day where he talked about in the wake of that Tennessee game, um, telling London that he was getting the keys. And I mean, he's always, he's going to be like, there was a group of guys, like first there was John tell, and then there was Joe and Akil, And then there was Malcolm and Anthony, like taking us up steps as a program. And London is kind of, he's overseen a lot of that rise. And he's, I mean, when I think of him, I'm always going to think of winning an ACC tournament, reaching the Elite Eight, hitting heights that, I mean, we had only reached maybe once, maybe not at all. And, I mean, we're coming up on 25 years of fanhood. So, I mean, he's he's just always, I'm always going to remember him as the steady hand, like the, the person who was just overseeing, curating, basically curating a lot of wins. So, I mean, it's like... He's always going to be associated with just kind of an unprecedented era of Virginia basketball and doing it and making it look good. Winningest player in the state of the program. Anybody else want to chime in on London? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, – is, is he the winningest player yet? Um, I know he's, he's uh, started the most games. He's got 129 starts. And, and will hopefully end up as as the winningest player. But I, you know, what I see, and and that that goes into the whole Cali Cool thing that he has the the patience. And you know, how many times do you say, well, he, they they can't speed London up? And when you look at the pace of a Tony Bennett team and someone who takes his time like London does, and and nobody can speed him up, I I think London probably defines the Tony Bennett era. Um, Better than anyone, or at least the Tony Bennett era up to this point. You know, we can look and there, there's other guys that we can say, you know, had a bigger impact this way or, or, or may have been better. But I think, you know, when when I think of, you know, what what does Tony Bennett want in a point guard, um, he's going to have a tough time, you know, finding something better than London. Um, you know, he's going to adapt with guys that, that want to play faster and guys that... Uh, that do things a little bit differently, but the the control and and the calmness that a guy like London uh, brings is uh, is the very definition of of Tony Bennett's brand of basketball, and so uh, he he'll forever be linked with with Tony Bennett and and vice versa, and uh, it's just been really fun watching him uh, continue to develop over the past four years. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys really said it all. Uh, I don't have too much to add outside of that. It's, um, it'll, it'll be an emotional day just because it really snuck up on us, I feel like, um, just in terms of his career in general. I mean, it's crazy. Like, obviously, he's been here a while and started pretty much since day one. And uh, But it still is crazy. Just, I mean, maybe because it was we focused so much on, like, the loss of Brogdon and Gale and guys like that. Um, that now it's finally his turn. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's also tough for him to kind of follow Brogdon. Like, if you, if you ignore that, then I think we'd almost make a bigger deal out of it because, um, I mean, he really like my my biggest thing was phony kind of hit on it. But I, I really, if you think of what Virginia basketball is now, like I think of pretty much two players. I think of Brogdon and, and Parentes in terms of what they represent, the way they play. Uh, their style, everything like that, is is just pretty much the epitome of, of Virginia basketball as as we know it right now. Um, and I think he's just from when he it's not a coincidence from when he when he started playing and when he when he came to the school um, things changed. Uh, obviously, there were a lot of other players and pieces that contributed to that as well. But he was like we said, the steady hand, um, and that's just been his presence over the past couple of years has really been felt on this entire program the ACC and the country. Um, I always sort of remember him as, as not an underrated player, but um, maybe underappreciated, underappreciated from people outside of Virginia fans and outside of the program. Um, just obviously his stats will never wow you or anything like that. But um, everyone who, who watches him play closely knows just how valuable a player and he is. I mean, you can make an argument each of the past four years uh, that he was the most valuable, most ind- indispensable player on that team. And those teams featured Malcolm Brogdon, Joe Harris, Justin Anderson, Akil Mitchell, Anthony Gill. So any of those four years, even as a freshman, you could say he he's the one guy we couldn't really do without, which is, I think that alone is a crazy thing to say. And that really speaks to just, who London is as a player and as a person. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be crazy to think of life without him because just played so many games with him. But um, 
but yeah, it'll be a, it'll be an emotional day on Saturday, but also a, a good one too because it's a lot to celebrate in his career. Yep, uh, London's going to go down for me as the point guard. Um, I will officially say he has, uh, you know, replaced Harold Dean, and in my opinion, as as the point guard um, of my era uh, of my you know fandom or whatever you want to call it. Um, he is a guy that. Uh, you know, this program does not achieve the success that it's had without him. There's no way. Uh, he was the steadying force um, and a, a brilliant decision maker from the day that he walked on to campus. And it was uh, just an absolute pleasure uh, watching him for four years. And, you know, I think what I'll always remember is that, yeah, that Cali cool, that unflappable persona, but then, you know, in clutch time, when you needed a big shot, he hit them time and time again. And that Sy- that three in the Syracuse game will, will always go down in my memory. Um, the the year that we locked up the ACC championship at home, the regular season, um, and just so many big shots he hit. And, uh, you know, London, it was just a, an absolute pleasure uh, for you to wear that jersey the last four years. And, uh Thanks for everything you did, and hopefully we'll be able to get you on this program uh, after you graduated. <laughs> yeah, one more, one more, one more thing in terms of uh, things that stand out, and kind of segueing off of, of one of your points there was uh, everybody thinks of him as as the Cali cool guy. That I mean, I remember hearing him say and Tony say in interviews and everything like that. That sometimes people are like, "Oh my god, like, do, are you, do you care about the game? Are you in this? Or are, are, are you locked in?" But it's, it's just, that's his personality. That's his nature. Um, one of the moments that will stick with me and, and does stick with me as I think about it right now, um, there's a video online of um, post game from the Michigan State game, Sweet 16 loss, his freshman year, um, of him, I guess, like immediately after the game. And he, he was just absolutely crushed. Like, really, like crying, sobbing, like, really couldn't control himself, like, in an interview, or whatever. And, it's something you don't really see from a guy like him who's, who's so composed and really level uh, at all times, even during a, the most crucial moment of a game or anything like that. But just thinking about, like, he cares more than, like, any other player I've seen in a long time. Like, he sometimes, – sometimes we've seen it this season that that could be a reason that um, he's gotten into a little bit of struggles this year is that he, he might care a little bit too much and might have forced the issue a little too much, which is kind of crazy for him. Uh, that we're saying that about him, but um, he's not done yet. I'll, I'll say that. Like he, he wants, he wants to win so so badly. And uh, I mean, if if you go see that clip, you'll you'll see. And there's something just unique about it. But that's what really sticks with me is that, I mean, he's he's a. I mean, it's such a cliche to say this, but he's such a competitor, and he just wants to win so badly that uh, we haven't seen his last yet. Yep, that's what I want to hear. So let's. Uh... You know, I guess we usually do this. We haven't been recording as much this year, so we kind of throw this in there towards the end every time, and let's try to go through this pretty quick. But, um, you know, not sure if we'll record again before the ACC tournament. We'll definitely try to, but uh, what do you guys, let's just give a quick, um, and I know there's a lot up in the air, but just give a quick, where do you think we're going to be? We'll go Charlie, Daniel, Phoney. Uh, What happens postseason here, guys, in both tournaments what do you what do you what are your expectations or i guess what are you hoping for 
I'm hoping for at least an ACC tournament final appearance. I'm hoping we can run this upswing, dive right back into this pile of cliches, but I hope we're getting hot at the right time and we can ride this little upswing to an ACC tournament final. I mean, obviously that has a lot to do with what happens on Saturday, both in our game and seemingly every other one, but I'd love to be back there again. Um, I mean, just, just keep knocking on the door. And then, I mean, with regard to the NCAAs, just the way the season is gone, there's just so much, there's so many unpredictable things. Like we got to stay, the shooters have to stay hot. Matchups have to work out for us. We have to avoid Michigan state. Um, but I mean, the way this season is gone, the way losing Nichols rebuilding to a certain extent, I'd be delighted. I'd be proud of a sweet 16 appearance. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, I don't know, I have a similar feeling that I think we're going to go on a run. I don't know whether it's going to be in the ACC tournament or in in, uh, in the NCAA tournament, but I feel like we do have a run in us. I don't know whether that's uh, that's going to go all the way in either of those, but um, I feel like we got, we got something left. Uh, and again, I mean, I, I really get frustrated by fans that really sell – sell the ACC tournament short, to me, it means so, so much. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, like, we, we want a Final Four, we want a National Championship at some point, but ACC tournament is, is nothing to really turn nose down on. And, I mean, if we, could, if we could get to the championship game, win another championship, that would be – I'd be so, so happy with that. Um, again, like, I think anything before Sweet 16, I'd be kind of disappointed, even with our struggles this year. Um, anything past that, I'd be extremely pleased. Um, Again, I really don't think having beaten Carolina now and, and, and really not controlled the game, but but really a tough win um, against a great team. Again, I don't think there's anybody in the in the country that really scares me. Um, I think they were the one team that scared me the most, and, and we beat them. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, anything's possible. Uh, I, I'd say I was probably more confident in last year's team to make a run than this year's team, but I think we got a little more gas left in the tank, and we might be – Going on, going the right direction uh, at the right time. Um, I do. Th- I, I feel something happening in Brooklyn, though. Uh, maybe if I'm, if I'm gonna make a bold, bold prediction, I might say we'll, we'll win the win the ACC tournament uh, title. Uh, I think, especially if we get that six or seven seed, I think our our path to that final is pretty good. Um, so I mean that that would that would be really that would make me extremely happy. And again, like. Not to say we've overachieved or anything this year, but we've we've fought through adversity really really well, and I think as long as we go out and like take care of a pit team and then uh, take care of business and what we should do in in the ACC tournament and NCAA tournament, um, this year has been a success in my eyes because uh, it, it's been tough, it's been different, but we've still we've we've showed we're not like a flash in the pan or anything like that. I mean, we're here to stay, and it's. Uh, we've we've shown that time and time again, and, and uh, again, it's it's been a it's been a different year, but it's been another fun one. You know, I, I I tried to make a promise to myself when Austin Nichols was kicked off the team that I, I wouldn't spend the season bemoaning his loss and, and saying, well, we're we're just not going to be as good because of that. Uh, you know, I think you're you're blind if if you, you don't admit that probably affects what this team has accomplished and, and maybe can accomplish, but you, you need to take it into consideration when you look at this season and, and realize how good they've been uh, despite what 
what was just a tremendous loss. Going into the tournament, my gut for the ACC tournament, two wins. Whether we start on Wednesday or Thursday, two two wins is what my gut tells me. But I, I agree with these guys. The ACC tournament title is not out of reach. We have ways to beat all of these teams. The 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 teams that we played twice, none of them swept us. Virginia Tech barely beat us at, at their place, and we, and we killed them at our place. I like them on a neutral court. North Carolina, I'm really not anxious to see them again because I don't think we match up well with them, but we certainly showed we can play with them uh, even when our offense isn't there. So I, I think we, we can get, you know, my gut tells me too, but I would not be surprised if we won the ACC tournament. As far as the NCAAs, my gut again tells me two wins. We get to the Sweet 16. If we got past the the Elite Eight, I, I would be surprised because it, it's going to be a big ask um, to to get that far. If we got to the Elite Eight, I, I would be overjoyed. But uh, you know, Sweet 16, I think, given what went down the season, you know, I'd be satisfied with that. And you know, at the end, and, and assuming we beat Pitt, that's five more wins. What does that put us? What would that put us at as wins on the season? Twenty-five or so, I guess. I, I think we say this is a successful season, and everybody but one person comes back next year. So. Yeah, I, I can be satisfied with that. Well, I'll say I'll say uh, that we're going to – my crazy prediction is that we're going to have more success in the NCAA tournament because I believe that there are some teams in the ACC that have learned how to play us better, that have played us a lot and have found ways to attack us a little bit. And uh, – wear us down a little bit especially those that play three-quarter court pressure um and you know i don't know what's gonna happen in the acc tournament we could beat everybody but i like our chances in the ncaa tournament to kind of sneak out with a a lower seed um and play teams that are not prepared to play us whatsoever that haven't seen us multiple times a year um and aren't used to the pack line and our offensive sets which seem to be a lot more effective when we play out of conference um, at this stage. So that's why I'm going with a deeper run. We're going to put a run together in the NCAA tournament from like a four or five seed or whatever we get. Um, And, you know, that's nobody wants to play this team in that tournament. Um, And, you know, any confidence that the ACC is getting on us because of our little uh, our offense went a little dormant and because of our quote-unquote struggles, if you want to call it that, um, you know, I think is going to be gone when when you get to the NCAAs and these guys have to face that gauntlet. So that's my bold prediction. Um, and on that note, guys, the last thing I'll say, I thought it was really funny the other night when um, Dan O'Brien said that uh, collectively made the comment that, that this is such a rough time for our program right now. Um, and here we are uh, having just – you know, won two straight league games, including the number five team in the country and still nationally ranked. It's just unbelievable to think that the Virginia haters had ammunition uh, on us because we lost four games in a row and remained nationally ranked. That's how far we've come. And, you know, I'll just I'll just never forget just how far this program has come. On that note, I'll let everybody kind of say a farewell and and let them know where we can find you and charlie i know you got some new writing assignments why don't you fill everybody in 
Um, my post-game recaps uh, can be found on CavsCorner.com on the Rivals Network, but you can still catch them and my game previews at at uh, University Ball on Medium, and I can be found at University Ball, all one word, on Twitter. Daniel? Yep, um, Embrace Face UVA on Twitter. Yeah, find me there. Tony? I, I don't write for anybody. Uh, most of my takes are 140 characters at a time on Twitter at if Tony tweeted and also uh, look for funny Bennett on Facebook. It's, it's been a blast this year. You know, we haven't done that many shows, but man, I love communing with the fans and, and commiserating during games uh, through the good and the bad. And, and I hope folks that have only experienced the Tony Bennett era realize exactly what we have and you know if you'd gone through the Lato years and, and the Gillen years and the end of the Jeff Jones years like you you would really appreciate what this team is doing now I mean six winning seasons in a row in the ACC I think the previous record was three uh before Tony this is just amazing and and for us to be looking at this as a down year uh already with 20 wins I mean you you've got to appreciate that and, and respect what these guys have done so I, I'm thankful that that we have Tony and that coaching staff and and these players and I can't wait to see uh, what happens in the next few weeks amen brother well you can find me uh, at wahoo basketball that's pretty much it um but we appreciate you all for joining us tonight and look the uh you know it's it's march anything can happen and uh as you can tell we're all optimistic here we hope you are uh at home as well so on that note uh everybody have a great day evening whenever you're listening and wahoo